This is Taking Care in Business, a podcast that dives into the topic of corporate social responsibility from many different perspectives. Host Kathy Pedrotti Hayes is an expert in CSR and philanthropic giving, and her co-host, Vicki Bolson, is the founder and CEO of Bolson Group, a unified marketing company that was also the first B Corp certified company in Indiana. Kathy and Vicki became friends and equally passionate about CSR when they first worked together several years ago. Join them as they talk about why it is always worthwhile to take care in business. Hey, Kathy. Hey, Vicki. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Do you see what's behind me? Uh, yes, I do. It's it's my bed, I which know. I think is, is really, um, uh, I did that on purpose for our interview today. <laughs> Did you? Well, that's funny because I, um, yeah, so our bedroom is now like an office, right? It's it's serving as everything, um, our, every aspect of our house right now is like being fully utilized, which is great. But um, definitely <laughs> know the bedroom, I, I find myself being so tired. I don't know why because I'm not out doing as much, but um, it's become a real place of solace for me. Well, this is my, this is my new office because I've got kids all home from college and such and they're all in different rooms doing their jobs or you know their e-learning or whatever so I get I get the bedroom so <laughs> that's good that's good <laughs> awesome well I'm so excited for our next guest um that I think our listeners know that we always pre-interview people and this was a pre-interview that you weren't able to take part in so I got Colin all to myself and um I really could have talked to him for like two hours. He was just a fun guest and just so interesting. <laughs> so, um, but since I've talked to him, I've learned a little bit more about the bed and bedding industry, and it's a it's a huge industry. It's uh, estimated in 2018 to be about 60.7 billion dollars. And um, one of the trends in bedding now too is focusing on sustainability. So the functional benefits of bed sheets made from plant-based materials, such as organic cotton, bamboo, uh, they offer better breathability and moisture absorption as compared to conventional cotton. So our next guest, Colin McIntosh, is the founder and CEO of a company that is really sort of leveraging those trends. His company, which is called Sheets and Giggles, <laughs> which I just have to laugh when I say that. Um, is really rapidly growing. They're a pretty young company, but within their first year, they um, generated over a million dollars, which is, you know, very substantial and very significant. And so um, the other thing that's kind of fun, you might imagine with a name like Sheets and Giggles, but the company is a really fun company. And I don't know if you've checked out their website yet, but it is um, really funny. And they they also uh, have yeah. some <laughs> core values. So I'll list these off. So their company core values are above all else, have fun, actively make others happy, always stand out, alleviate the world's problems, act sustainable, sustainably, and accidents and alliteration. So with that, <laughs> let's welcome Colin. Hi, Colin. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. That was a great intro. You are a hoot. So I, you've got to tell Vicki <laughs> the story of and giggles and how you came up with the name uh so in terms of how i came up with the name i was actually it's just a completely ridiculous random story i was watching 
a movie in 2017, mid 2017. Uh, it's called War Dogs uh, with with Miles Teller and Jonah Hill, and um, Miles Teller's character was selling bed sheets in the beginning of the movie, and he was going like door to door at retirement communities and saying these are the best bed sheets ever, and um, that you know he kept getting rebuffed, and that was kind of his character's like motivation for the film. And I just remember watching it with um, my now ex-girlfriend because, you know, I'm neurotic like this and who could date somebody like this? And I was like, what? Why, why would you buy all this inventory, go around all these places? He doesn't understand his core customer, doesn't understand his demographic, like doesn't understand his core value prop. You know what? Pause the movie. And I wrote, <laughs> and I wrote a, a business plan for a bedsheets company that night. And whenever I write a business plan for an idea, I uh, always think about a funny name. And I thought, well, what's a funny name for a bedsheets company? And I like snapped my fingers and was like, Sheets and Giggles, that's a funny name. And so uh, the domain sheetsgiggles.com was available. So I bought, I bought that that night and um, got all the social handles just in case. And then about uh, five months later, I think I incorporated the company. So kind of a, kind of a random story, not the typical, like, you know, um, <laughs> Uh, startup like uh, the name has so much meaning behind it or whatever it's just a funny name uh, I think it's awesome I I love the order some sheets learn some sheets like that <laughs> is just so clever I it just Thanks. looks like you guys have so much fun so much fun while doing oh, yeah. really well you know I I noticed that you guys are giving 20% of your daily revenue to COVID and you've raised almost $35,000 so far. I mean, that's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. I'm really excited about that. We're, you know, it's interesting because we are both simultaneously in a position to help, but at the same time seeing a lot of uncertainty right now. And so, you know, I, I, I made this pledge and we intend to keep it. Um, and we've been donating uh, every week since we, we you know, adding everything up and, um, donating to Colorado's COVID-19 emergency relief fund. And yeah, we're almost at $35,000 donated now. Um, and I, I'm really excited about that because there's people who need, you know, who need this money right now that are hurting the most. I will say it's a bit of my, a bit of my bleeding heart, um, potentially, you know, going a little too far because <laughs> we are, we are also seeing a lot of uncertainty right now um, in this market. And so, um, it's something that uh, I'm hopeful is uh, more of a help than a hindrance. But so far, it's been it's been really, really well received by our audience, and and people have shared it, and that's been really, really great to see. On top of that, we we also, if you notice, we're out of Twin and Twin XL because um, we actually ended up donating every one of our Twin and Twin XL units that we had in stock to Denver area shelters because. They're seeing a huge overflow of symptomatic folks uh, with the COVID-19 crisis, and they're actually, um, you know, using our sheets in these kind of isolation motels that they're bringing symptomatic people into. And so they they asked around in Denver, you know, the city of Denver said, "Who here? Who in the city sells bed sheets? Where can we get bed sheets?" And people just kept telling them sheets and giggles, and so they called me, and um, we made it happen. Oh, that's so awesome! Yeah, those. Patients or symptomatic patients are probably at least resting well. I mean, <laughs> you know, and I would think that and maybe this is a silly question, but I would surmise that, I mean, I know when people are suffering financially, you know, they're cutting every cost known to man, but I would think that one thing that right now people would really want is a really comfy bed. <laughs> I think that that's 
uh, definitely true for some folks. And then I think for other folks, they still fall into the category of, you know, well, I'm just going to buy $30 bed sheets, um, which is, you know, everybody's different and everybody has different uh, desires for what they want in their bedroom. But, um, you know, overall, I think you're, you're going to see a, a cutback in some areas and, a, and an increase in spend in others. And I, I don't know if bedding is one of them, uh, but essentials are definitely doing really well right now and subscriptions. So there's a bunch of e-commerce trends right now that I'm monitoring. Um, and there, we definitely have gotten some emails qualitatively from folks that are like, you know, I've been spending every day in bed, I'm working from bed. And I just decided, like, I've been looking at your sheets for a while and enough was enough and, and I pulled the trigger. So there are some of those folks out there for sure. So, Colin, can you explain to our listeners about how you make your bed sheets and why they're different and how they are sustainable and, and really um, what the difference is? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the process to make them is called lyocell, um, which is a form of cellulosic rayon. And what cellulosic rayon means is basically fabric from plant fiber. Um, and so the first version of cellulosic rayon is what a lot of people are familiar with, which is bamboo viscose. And that's been around for a while. It's what you it's what you hear when you uh, or what you what you're actually looking at when you hear people say bamboo sheets or bamboo shirts or fabric. It's actually called bamboo viscose. It's very similar to our sheets, but our sheets are made from eucalyptus lyocell, which is the third and latest generation of this cellulosic rayon process by which you take wood pulp, you put it into a batch of solvents, and then out comes um, something called dope, which is like a dry, fluffy white fiber. You can turn that into uh, almost like a cotton-like material, although it's actually smoother and softer than cotton and then you can turn that into a yarn. And so it's technically a synthetic material, but it's widely considered the world's most sustainable form of fabric production um, because you're basically reusing 99.6% um, of the chemicals in every wood pulp production batch. So it's just wood in, pulp out, wood in, pulp out. Um, and then you actually uh, have about a, up to a 96% reduction in water usage versus cotton sheets. Uh, so we estimate that each sheet set that we sell saves about 1,000 gallons worth of water compared to cotton sheets, um, which is about five years worth of the average person's drinking water. Uh, and then we also use less energy. We use zero pesticides, zero insecticides. Cotton by itself uses anywhere from 16 to 24% of the world's insecticides, um, as well as about 2.5% of the world's arable land, um, whereas our eucalyptus trees can grow on non-arable land on uh, biodiverse farms. And so it's really just a fantastic product overall. The wood grows very quickly. Eucalyptus trees reach maturity very quickly. We plant two new trees for each tree that we harvest. Uh, we plant a new tree somewhere in the U.S. Uh, or Canada uh, for every order that we receive. So we actually just planted all the trees for last year's orders and ended up donating about 18,650 trees, uh, which is really great because I think in March, a lot of people weren't uh, donating to this tree organization that we partner with. Shout out to One Tree Planted, they're really awesome people. Um, and so I got on a conference call with them after we made our donation and they said like the whole office cheered when our like, you know, close to 20 grand donation came in. Uh, and, uh, but yeah, in any, yeah. So in any case, uh, we do, we do a lot to make sure that we're as green as possible and the fabric itself is 
really fantastic. And, and uh, if you're familiar with bamboo and like that silky, really soft, airy, breathable feel, it's very similar to that. Um, though it's going to be a little more durable and a little uh, less wrinkly than bamboo. Did you go to school for like sustainability or like you said that you just <laughs> kind of came up with this uh, entrepreneurial it's a good, plan? It's a, it's a good question. I'm, I mean, I'm a little sheepish in terms of the reality, which is that I went to school for finance and econ uh, at Emory University in Atlanta. Um, really good business school there. Uh, I worked at the world's largest hedge fund out of school. Um, you know, definitely was something that I've always been passionate about sustainability and always interested in sustainability, but was definitely not my, my major focus or, you know, something that I uh, worked on early in my career. Um, I've always had a bit of a bleeding heart. My last company uh, that I was at was a wearable technology company that was trying to fight sexual assault and violence via um, wearable technology. So similar to Fitbit, if you're familiar with that, um, but if you pressed it, it would send out a live alert and emergency um, information to your friends and family to let them know where you are and that you needed help. Um, and that was really great. That was, that was about three years of my life prior to uh, sheets and giggles. And, you know, we sent out about 60,000 alerts and we, we helped save lives and we, we really had a really fantastic run. Um, but unfortunately we all got laid off at 1 PM on a Monday in September, 2017. And, uh, that was really challenging, really difficult for me emotionally. Cause I put so much into that company. I, I wasn't CEO. I wasn't, you know, um, on the board or anything. I was just head of biz dev. And I learned a lot about, about running a business and, and how I would do things differently and, you know, physical retail versus online distribution versus Amazon versus, um, you know, how to, how to brand a product, how to go out, go to market in a bunch of different ways. And, and so I really actually, truth be told, I sat down after that and I decided I was going to do one of two things. I was going to go work at a Microsoft or you know, somebody else that was a big stable company get get some good health care <laughs> and and leave the startup life behind. Um, or I was going to do the exact opposite and start my own company and be my own CEO and then, you know, live and die by my own decisions instead of anybody else's. And um, I, I'm really pleased that it, it's worked out. But I, what I did was I wrote my, my perfect business model. And part of that business model was that I really wanted a sustainable product. I really wanted something that would, you know, contribute positively to the world that I could feel proud about. And so I, I went through my business model, massive commodities market, zero brand differentiation or loyalty, uh, largely traditionally physical retail. So I could help bring it online with a direct to consumer model. And then something that was in a very flat, boring brand space, uh, where I could zig where everybody else was zagging and be funny and kind of an unearned serious space. And I looked at a few different industries and I looked at a few different sustainable options in different industries. And I remember I, at this point I owned sheetsgiggles.com and I, and I, you know, had this really idea, idea in the back of my head for a few months to start a bed sheets business. And I just ended up doing a ton of research into uh, different materials, different fabrics. I met with um, you know, people from all over the world, different experts. I got hooked up via my mentors and people that I knew in Colorado with um, some people that were uh, mentoring me on the fabric side and helping me understand the world of textiles. And it took me maybe uh, six months before I really started feeling a little comfortable in terms of what I understood and what I was talking about. But 
um, you know, it was really uh, several months worth of just learning and, and meeting with people and, and seeking mentorship in the space that really helped me understand about these products and, and why they hadn't been widely adopted before. And it's mostly because um, cotton is such a ubiquitous product that no one had really done a good job of introducing this material to the U.S. before. Thanks. It's, it's, it makes me feel like um, I'm not as cool as like somebody who's like a, you know, sustainability uh, expert or, or PhD in um, certain environmental areas, but um, it's definitely uh, something that I'm, I'm proud of for being able to at least figure out. So one of the things that you that, that's on your website and I kind of uh, read uh, as part of your introduction was really the company values. How do you how do you kind of shape culture at Sheets and Giggles? That's a good it's a good question, especially now that we're all remote. It's it's very difficult to keep culture going remotely. We've got, you know, weekly happy hours where we play Pictionary on Zoom and other fun games. And But it's definitely a challenge to keep, the, keep that culture going full remote because you don't get that, that human-to-human interaction. Um, the, the bottom line for me is that I tend to treat employees the way that I want to be treated as an a employee of a company. I've had really terrible bosses over the year. I've had really good bosses. Um, the, the lessons that I take with me, uh, you know, I, I've been doing this now for two and a half years, but I'm still, a, you know, a first time CEO at heart. And, you know, the, the things that I, that I do that I really take with me from my last uh, few stops in my career are, you know, give people pay, raise, pay raises without asking, uh, give them bonuses without asking, tie, make sure that their incentives are tied to the company's incentives. Um, you know, make sure that people feel valued. We have a, a gratitude channel on Slack. So we give people, you know, whenever anybody does something well, we give each other gratitude for like, hey, thanks so much for staying up late to do this. Or thanks so much for like, you know, covering me here. Um, we also have company benefits uh, with a really cool company. Shout out to them called Zestful. Really interesting company. Basically, it's like every employee gets a credit card that has preloaded benefits on it that the company pays for. So like, 100 bucks a month for food, 150 bucks a month for fitness and mental health. Um, we have, we do, uh, I think, 50 bucks a month for anything, so you can buy whatever you want online. Then there's 25 bucks a month to give to charity of your choosing, and then 25 bucks a month to give to each other. So like basically, like as a, a kudos or a thank you, if somebody goes above and beyond and helps you out in your job, you can give them, you know, literal cash to spend on fun stuff. Um, which I think is a really cool thing to empower employees to do for each other. Um, and uh, it's it's really just a fun environment that uh, we don't take our, ourselves too seriously. There's definitely some conflict at times because I am very lax in terms of my arbitrary rules around things. I don't like saying that you have to be in the office any particular time. There's no expectation in terms of the amount of days that you need to work in office. You can work remotely as much as you want. Uh, you can travel and work from Munich for a month if that's really what flows your boat. Um, I I really despise the, ar- the arbitrariness of like corporate America and like be here at this time and like wear this outfit and you know say these words in this order and you'll get your next paycheck to survive. I think that stuff is crazy and so we we tend to make sure work is additive to people's lives and that's our that's our number one rule. Wow, that's super cool. What was the name of that? company with the preloaded credit cards? Uh, Zestful. It's really cool. It's uh, also a Denver startup. That's why I'm giving them some love uh, randomly. But they're uh, 
one of the cooler companies that I've I've employed for SNG uh, because I'm able to give people the benefits that I've always wanted at my last jobs and um, you know even just letting employees you know every month they work here they get to donate to charity off the company's dime is I think I think really cool too. That's super cool. Do they serve uh, outside of the Colorado? Um, oh yeah, area? yeah, they're or, a national. Company. Okay, okay. Yeah. Wonderful. I've written them down. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. I I, I think that it's one of the cooler things that we do from a culture perspective. Um, it, it was it was interesting. I I uh, we have unlimited sick days, unlimited paid time off. Um, was just something I realized is that we weren't doing enough for people's mental health during this really difficult time, and that's where the new everybody has 150 bucks a month to spend on, um, you know, yoga, gym memberships, uh, mental health counseling. Obviously right now, no one's going to the gym and no one's going to yoga class, but they still have the money to spend on, you know, whatever they want to. And so right now that might be more in the mental health, uh, space, but it's all about wellness and fitness and, and well-being. And so, um, that's something that we just added last month. And I'm really, really happy about that because I think it'll be useful for people both going into this and coming out of it and, and making sure that everybody's uh, fit and healthy and, and mentally well. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's super cool. We should, uh, Kathy, we should try to get them on the podcast. That's yeah, that just an interesting fun. way. Oh, happy, of taking... happy to introduce you to them. They're, they're good people. Yeah, it's really, that's one thing we hope our listeners get is ideas about how to set up a great workplace culture and, um, you know, especially right now, trying to keep the morale going when, yeah. you know, as you said, we're all working remote and, you know, it's not by choice, which some companies like yours allow that by choice. But, you know, there's a big difference between choosing to stay at home right. and, work and being forced of a big to. project versus being forced. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that that's one of the things that I, I've been struggling with is, uh, you know, I didn't realize how difficult it was going to be for me to, because I, I worked from home for a year and a half prior to getting an office for, for S&G. And I, I don't, I don't think I realized how difficult the forced isolation was going to be versus the, the, you know, the voluntary stuff. And so one of the other things I did that really bought me a lot of trust and, and I think um, got me some le- leadership points of the team was, I basically publicly pledged uh, no layoffs about three weeks ago, um, and that's given them a lot of peace of mind to really focus on their jobs, stay heads down, focus on their families. You know, really, what's most important during this time is family, and uh, that you know, I think that that's something that I, as CEO, just need to figure out how to do on the back end, whether it's you know uh, taking zero dollars myself or you know, um, depending on how long this goes on, uh, you know, figuring out uh, how to move money around, how to make sure that we're we're good in terms of if there's a, a broader crunch in the economy or a longer term supply chain shutdown. Um, you know, there's all these things that are running through my head right now in terms of these, these really uncertain um, business risks that we're facing. But at the end of the day, I told the team, like, you know, I will not lay anybody off, um, and and that's just my my pledge. And you know, at some point, there's of course a reasonableness perspective in terms of like you eventually you might hit a wall if if this thing goes on for you know 12 months or or you know if if the economy really takes a, a broader nosedive. Um, but uh, as of now, you know, I'm I'm hopeful that I'm really just I'm trying to read as both as little news and as much news as I can to make sure I stay informed on all this that's going on right now. And but that the team appreciates the uh, the pledge stability. 
Wow, that's wonderful. You sound like a great place to work. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks. I've got my problems. I'm not not the most organized person (laughs) in the world. I'll I'll tell you that. So. Well, hopefully you just have, I find that I just need some good, you know, peers to talk to that are, you know, running similarly sized businesses or are facing, you know, challenges like, like, like our industry would be, you know, that's just, that's kind of what, what I know I need right now. Right, right. Yeah, I I have a CEO, uh, like kind of group therapy thing on Fridays. So that's nice. We can all just kind of be be ourselves and and not worry about anything getting out of that meeting. But um, yeah, it's been a it's been a challenge. And uh, you know, I think that right now it's also difficult to to separate the on field stuff versus the off field stuff. Uh, you know, making sure that I think everybody at this point is starting to know people that are that have been affected by this crisis, whether health wise or who have been laid off and. Um, I'm trying to separate the two, uh, but it is, it's, it's challenging. And so, um, I know a lot of people are going through that right now. And so just trying to give my team some leeway as well to be themselves and, and take care of what they need off the field and, um, you know, making sure everybody knows they can take a day whenever they need it. Well, Colin, how can people find out about you and Sheeps and Giggles? Can you tell our listeners? We're really easy to find. We're, if you, we're the only company that comes up if you search for Sheets and Giggles on, uh, on Google or on uh, Amazon. And uh, we're, you know, also if you uh, go on Amazon and type in uh, eucalyptus sheets, I think we're the first result on Amazon organically. Um, and so we, uh, you know, we've got um, over 2,000 reviews now on our website, about 500 reviews on Amazon, four and a half stars on Amazon, five stars on our website, 4.8. Um, and so I, I'm really, really pleased with how the company's gone. Uh, SheetsGiggles.com is the website. Socially, we're at SheetsGiggles everywhere. Um, so we've got that consistency across URL and, and social handle. We are not, uh, it was funny, I was just talking to another consumer brand CEO the other day, and they, they said, they paid me a very nice compliment that I don't think they realized was a compliment. They said, so how are you guys doing so well because you're clearly not an Instagram brand. Uh, <laughs> I said, thank you so much. We're not an Instagram brand. Like, so, you know, if, if you want to follow us on Instagram, you'll get a lot of fun content, a lot of memes, uh, a lot of uh, funny videos, not much about bedsheets. Well, Colin, thank you so much for taking time to talk with us today, for lighting up the world in so many ways that you do. Um, for having a fun time doing it. That was really just terrific. And and um, like the pre-interview, lifted my spirits a little bit today too. So thank you. Thanks. I, I appreciate yeah. that. Thank you guys so much for having me on, and uh, this is really fun. One of the nominations that we received for Taking Care in Community this time, Vicki, was um, from an organization I'm pretty familiar with called Brooks Place. Um, are you familiar with Brooks Place? Oh yes, and I know that you you've been an actual um, client or p- person that has uh, benefited from them, haven't you? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So Brooks Place provides support groups, um, therapy services, and community education um, to empower children, teens, and their families um, to thrive in the midst of grief. And you're absolutely right when. My stepfather died, was sick and dying a few years ago. We enrolled um, our son Ethan into some 
services there and they were, you know, really impactful in terms of his ability to, to cope with grief and then just, you know, for our, our family to sort of experience this together. But experiencing the death of someone significant can be very isolating for children. And um, some of the risks of unaddressed grief in children include isolation, substance abuse, depression, poor school performance, aggression, and anxiety. Can you guess how many children experience the death of a parent, sibling, or close loved one by the time they're in their 20s, Vicki? Well, I mean, I did, and I think that it's definitely not the norm, but I would say 35%. Um, let's see. My, but I have one in seven, so your math might be a little high, but it's still a, it's a huge number, yeah. right? And so Brooks Place really does a ton, um, again, through their grief support groups and therapy services. They also have a program called BP8 that they offer through different community partners. And they also offer a camp in the summer. Um, it's just really great. But they're having a tough time right now because a lot of what they do is try to create some safety, security, and um, a place for kids to come and grieve together and laugh together and all of that. And right now, they're unable to provide th those sort of congregate services. So really mm -hmm. urging people um, to, you know, kids that are enrolled in their program, they're struggling to, to call in and to stay connected um, because they want folks to know that they're always just a call or a click away, but really grateful to Brooks Place and what they offer here in our community. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us this season on Taking Care in Business. Let's give a big thank you to Matt Sosi, our sound engineer. And also to our Taking Care and Community sponsor, National Bank of Indianapolis. If you'd like to nominate someone or an organization for an episode next season, you can visit our website, takingcareinbusiness.com. Don't forget to subscribe, follow, or download Taking Care in Business wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to all back and bonus content episodes by doing so. If you love taking care in business, give us a five-star rating and leave a review or share this episode on your social media. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Taking Care in Biz, B-I-Z. And you can also visit our website at takingcareinbusiness.com to listen to back episodes. And we'll always take your emails at info at takingcareinbusiness.com. We hope that you enjoyed this season's guest. We'll be back for another season, and hopefully that one will be back in the studio. Stay connected to us for updates on when that will start and to see what we're up to. And until then, take care in business.